0: is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, thrilled today to get a chance to, to be visiting with Dr. Michael Dolan. Dr. Dolan's a leader at the Gunderson Health System, I understand the Gunderson Health System, also has a relationship with the Bell Health System. We're going we're to talk about that, both magnificent institutions. Dr. Dolan, can you take a moment and tell us a little bit about yourself, your career, and about Gunderson Health?
1: Sure, you bet. Um, thanks for having me on Scott. My career actually dates back uh, to about 1990 when I joined the Gunderson medical staff as a general internist. Um, at the time, did a lot of inpatient medicine before hospitalists were really the uh, range, started the hospitalist program here and eventually uh, became the department chair for all of internal medicine, which included all of the medicine subspecialties at the time. And then in 2000 and, um One, my career really took a hard right turn because at the time we elected our leaders and uh, I was elected to the Board of Governors, which uh, was um, part of the board system that Gunderson had put together when the hospital and clinic merged in 1995. And from there, we chose our medical vice presidents. And so I became a medical vice president that year. I was in that role for about 14 years. And then in 2015, when, when Dr. Jeff Thompson retired uh, as our CEO and we uh, selected Dr. Scott Rathgeber as our next CEO, he asked if I would take on the medical chief operating officer role uh, and executive vice president role for Gunderson Health System. So I did that for the last seven years. And then in 2022, of course, the, the big news for Gunderson Health System. Uh, was the the merger with Bellin, about uh, 15 to 18 months in the making, uh, and that culminated with two organizations uh, merging on December 1st of 2022. Once again, Dr. Rathgeber and I sat down to talk about what the future would look like, and he asked if I would take on the co-chief clinical officer role for the new merged organization, a job that I share with my Bellin counterpart, Dr. Cynthia Lisecki. And uh, so for the last month and a half, I've been in that role, uh, tasked with uh, trying to um, coordinate the really the quality uh, of care issues and uh, kind of the bringing together of two very distinct medical staffs that are geographically separate, uh, one on the east side of the state centered around Green Bay and the other on the west side of the state centered around La Crosse. So that's pretty much what... Uh, I've been doing the last 30 years of my career and uh, Gunderson is uh, as many of your listeners probably know is a large multi-specialty health system uh, that includes uh, um, part ownership of the court's health plan uh, which we own with uh, UW uh, as well as other participants in that uh, endeavor and uh, we're a community academic center so My role is about 40% clinical and 60% administrative. I still uh, attend on the inpatient uh, units as an attending physician. In fact, I just uh, got done with that uh, Wednesday and uh, still have a pretty significant patient panel that I take care of. So um, it's been kind of a philosophy at Gunderson to have physician leaders that still practice I think the the one exception would be Dr. Rathgeber, who with the merger is, has a lot of things on his plate, so he's probably one of the few uh, that doesn't really have any substantial clinical practice.
0: And, and Let me ask you a question, Dr. Dolan. You've been with Gunderson for 32 years. Um, yep. Chris Wileski, who's the CEO, or I'm not sure the exact position today, of and Health, has been with Bellin for 24 years. I always, you know, one is there's something in the water up there that promotes <laughs> that kind of stability and, and, and thoughtfulness and loyalty. And more importantly, we always talk about people that have been in the same organization for 30 years is they have to have at least two qualities. They have to be likable. They have to be people that people can deal with and, and likable. And they also have to be competent. I, I love your take on those have always been my two core thoughts when I look at the living in the same organization for 30 years. They got to be likable. They don't have to be the most charismatic, this or that, the other, but they've got to be likable and they have to be good at what they do. Let me ask you if you could give me any more color or thoughts around, and and Chris is both of those and you're both of those, but but talk for a moment about what, what does it take to be in an organization for 20, 30 plus years? What are the qualities it takes in a leader, in a person? and taking the organization aside because I know the organization needs to be attractive to you. You had to be, to want to be there for 30 years. Chris had to want to be there for 24, 25 years, but, but the type of people that could do that and survive and thrive and lead an organization for that long, I always look at two traits, likability and competence. Give me your take on that.
1: Uh, I, I actually love your assessment. So, um, you know of my 32 years i've probably been in a leadership role for approximately 28 of those years both uh, starting as a uh, section chair for general internal medicine all the way to my current role and so um i do believe you know especially when you're talking about department chair leaders section chair leaders uh, a lot of those positions we we hold elections every three years to determine department chairs and section chairs So the likability factor is real because you're not going to actually get into those really introductory roles in our organization if you're not likable. And then you're not going to stay in those roles if you're not competent. People, especially clinicians, physicians, and APC group, they, they want to see things moving in the right direction. And if they don't, then you get a lot of pushback fairly quickly. Um, nowhere do I see that more in some of the wellness work that we do here. So I chair the wellness committee and I can tell you that um, we see such an, uh, such a, and this, you know, take channel felt that Stanford is has published on this extensively. We see such a tight correlation between leadership in the department and in the organization and decreased burnout and increased wellness among the clinician staff. And and on a week where Medscape reports that the burnout rate for physicians has increased 6% to 53% overall. I mean, over half of every physician in the US is burned out. That's a huge factor. And so I do think that those two things are um, absolutely key. And I would throw in a third one, and that is innovative because I think if you, you know, one of the things early on that I did when I was a department chair was I put together a hospice program here. We had a semi-hospitalist program. And in other words, we took turns rotating on the hospital service for a couple of weeks, working with the residents uh, and um, taking care of patients inside the walls of the acute care hospital. And that was, that was awesome. But we needed a we there were people who were doing that who really weren't spending enough time in the hospital, weren't staying up on it. And so we moved to a pure hospitalist system where, um, you know, in order to work in the hospital, you need to work a minimum, not minimum number of weeks per year. And that so that was at the time in the mid 90s was a very innovative move for us. It was a huge change in how we uh, did our work. So I did. I think that over the years, the the people that I've seen um, do well and continue to do well in physician leadership have been innovative. If you're stagnant, your your team and the the people you work with are not gonna stick around for very long.
0: But I think that's a fantastic additional perspective to it. That learning innovation. Never stop learning, lifelong learning, but innovation, trying to add value. So competent, likable, adding value, innovation, and and growth. Love that. Talk for a second, Dr. Dolan, about. Well, I'll ask you one hard question, and if this is too complicated or too political, you don't have to answer this. Okay. Sure. And then I'll go back to a more a more traditional question. So the the serious question is, and you don't have to answer it you look down on beers fans or the beers franchise
1: <laughs> um, not at all so uh actually i think the one of the really great things about sports is rivalries being on the border between minnesota and wisconsin uh you know you cross the mississippi river bridge and you are in viking territory and so for us, acutely here, we feel that that pain of losing to the Vikings probably more than the pain when we lose to the Bears. Uh, but it, it, I would say there's probably no rivalry in all of sports greater than Packers-Bears. And um, I don't think that most Packers fans look down on Bears fans or the Bears organization. I think that, you know, they've had a tremendous amount of success I think it's a a great organization a proud organization and I I love the fact that both of those teams are so accomplished and historic that um I yeah I I, I think that it's an awesome rivalry.
0: But you must feel sorry for the Bears fans at at times. Like we've been through 30, 40 quarterbacks on time. We've been through Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. There must be some empathy. And that's what makes you a great leader is that you could take this question seriously and give empathy to the Bears fans when when you know the Packers have been owning the Bears, as Aaron Rodgers would say, for 30 years now. Let me take you back to a serious question besides the sympathy for my Bears. The the, the next question is chief clinical officer, co-chief clinical officer, I mean, great system. I'm very familiar with Bellin because over the years of my career, I did a lot of work in Green Bay. You know, huge fans of George Kerwin before Chris Walensky, huge fans of both. Amazing what they've done is almost a really focused, great, small system. And, and I say small, but very focused around, you know, for a very long time, orthopedics, cardiovascular, and being great at them. So I'm a huge fan of the system. When you look at the role as coach chief clinical officer today across a more sprawling system, what are the big priorities and goals going forward? What do you, what do you sort of see as the big priorities and goals for 2023?
1: Yeah, so for 2023, I think really a huge priority is to take what Bellin does really, really well and to take what Gunderson does really, really well, put them side by side. And we've started that process. We'll be doing it over the next few months. And then trying to figure out where those things really coalesce around moving each part of the organization in a forward direction. Um, for example, let's talk about primary care. I think one of the things Bellin does spectacular and, and deserves a lot more attention than it, it has gotten because they have gotten some attention for it is their team-based care model. They, um, they just do an incredible job there taking care of their primary care base. Uh, efficiently and uh, they do it where without burning out their clinicians. The clinicians love the system and the support that they get from the organization in in taking care of those patients. They utilize the EMR to its full capability. They just do such a great job and we really need to learn from that. We, We do okay, but we don't do anywhere near what they're able to do with their model. So I think One of the things that we need to do this year is to work on expanding that model into the Gunderson division and see if we can't uh, actually uh, capitalize on that. We, We are fortunate that both organizations have incredible quality metrics. If you look at the Wisconsin Collaborative for Healthcare Quality data, you're looking at two of the probably top three to five organizations in the state. Um, which is, in the state of Wisconsin has pretty amazing quality. And so um, being able to kind of work on those areas where maybe they're not at the top or or where we're not at the top and figuring that out, and that's going to be another big uh, challenge. And then the the last big challenge is really how to tackle population health uh, with a real emphasis on uh, equity. I think that uh, we're finding that in each of our communities there are parts of the population that we don't uh, necessarily do our best work with and how do we as an organization how do we approach that part of the community and really improve the care um, and I think you know Chris Chris is a, a spectacular leader she uh, serves as the president of the Bellin division Heather Shimmer serves as the president of the Gunderson division uh, Chris also has the extra responsibility of being the executive vice president for the Gunderson Bellin merger uh, merged organization uh, under uh, Dr. Rathgeber. So I think we've got our work cut out for us, but I also believe that um, we all seem up to the challenge of taking that on.
0: Thank you very very much. I mean, something that people don't realize. One, I'll just comment: what a remarkable career that you are having and what a remarkable leadership career and what a centered leader. The other thing I'll comment on, which many people don't realize, is that northern Wisconsin is one of the most beautiful and wonderful places in the world, isn't it? Can you give us one moment on northern Wisconsin? Because I think many people don't appreciate the beauty, the lakes, the foliage, everything about northern Wisconsin, the, the, the people. The, the sort of very comfortable people just a, a wonderful wonderful community in place can you give us a moment on northern wisconsin and but you oh, can't absolutely. contrast it to, but you cannot contrast it to chicago you cannot do that but tell us about northern wisconsin
1: no well and the, the nice thing is actually um all really pretty much all of my adult life because my wife's family was from northern wisconsin uh, namely uh uh, the Manitowoc Two Rivers area of Wisconsin, um, and they had uh, vacation property in Door County. We've spent basically our entire adult life uh, up in Door County, um, which is just a piece of heaven. Uh, it's people don't realize how beautiful the terrain is. Uh, really, once you get above Madison, the 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 beauty of the lakes and the forests. It's just uh, a spectacular thing, and um, it's, what, what I find is this incredibly relaxing, because again, people are incredibly friendly, um, everyone becomes your best friend, uh, and um, it's, we really value our time that we spend up in Door County, and uh, yeah, and it's, Yeah, if you're a Jim Rome fan, you've probably listened to Jim Rome on the radio in the past. I have certainly. And um, he talks about the fact that they have a property up near Eagle River. And he said it is the most spectacular place in the country that he's ever been. And he, um, it's just a great way to relax and decompress. We all work really hard, we have high stress jobs. And to have that little piece of uh, time in your life where you can decompress and relax and spend really valuable time with your family uh, nothing beats it
0: well and, and we had the privilege of spending time on what is called catfish lake and eagle river as a youth so we uh we, we could attest to that it, it almost reminds me of uh, as you mentioned jim roan it reminds me of uh, thinking of garrison keeler and lake walby and so forth it's not too different Doctor thank you sh- Thank you so much for joining us today. What a pleasure to visit with you, and what I'm looking forward to the combined system of Gunderson Health and Bellin Health, two great systems. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks again, Scott.